Welcome to All About HR. I'm your host, Tom Horn, and I'm on a journey to learn about all things HR. I'm documenting my conversations with thought leaders, HR professionals, and real employees about everything from recruiting, workplace of the future, benefits, you name it. We're all about HR. Let's go. Welcome back to a very special edition of All About HR. If you listen to episode 23 with Brett Griffin, great conversation about DEI. You might have heard, I didn't know if we were going to do another podcast this year. But you know what? We are going to end the year with one more fantastic podcast. Our guest today, Kimberly Tips Wallace, joins us. She is an HR consultant. Kimberly is an HR leader with 30 plus years of experience in not only the field of HR, but also operations, technology, and sales and marketing. Her diversified business acumen yields a unique and business-minded approach to human resources, which sets her apart from others in the field. Kimberly, welcome to All About HR. Hey, Tom. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I'm super glad to have you here. I know we've been trying to align schedules for a little bit, which I feel like is pretty common with this podcast, and I'm always amazed that everyone finds time to sit down and talk to me for a little bit. So I'm really excited well, for this. With you, Tom. Who would not want to talk with you? You know, we try to keep this podcast to 30 minutes. That list, I feel like, is probably pretty long, but <laughs> amazed at the sample set that does. So thank you for uh, thank you for being here with me. Glad to be here. Are, where are you calling in from? You're in Texas, I believe, but where I in am. Texas? I'm in Big D, Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. Have you ever been to Cafe Momentum in Dallas, Texas? I've heard of Cafe Momentum. Um, they get great PR, and I think they do some really important work, but I have not been there myself. 100%. I would highly recommend it. It's one of my favorite places. Uh, we'll give them a little plug here. It's a nonprofit. A phenomenal chef basically took on a high-end, I mean, it's a really high-end, phenomenal restaurant. The menu is fantastic, but he takes underserved, underprivileged kids, most that have been in juvenile facilities, takes them out, and they put them in this year-long program where they do everything. They learn to cook, serve, hostess. And man, when you see these kids doing their jobs and coming, coming alive, and, and some of them you see some of the kids when they're doing server, they're like, you know, the, the floor manager will be like, no, no, you can't say that to the tables. Like, come back, come back over here. But it is just such a special experience. And the food is prepared by one of the better chefs in Dallas. So I would highly recommend Cafe Momentum. Absolutely love Cafe Momentum. And uh, mm -hmm. I, I donate money every year. Yeah, I, uh, I think that is important. I've heard about that and life changing for these kids, you know? Absolutely. And I mean, that's, that's why I love the HR space. That's probably, and we'll get into this, but I would assume that's probably part of why you like HR is because it's about making changes in, in people's lives and making people's lives better. And I think uh, Cafe Momentum does a really, really cool job with that. I'll check it out, Tom. Oh, Chad Hauser. That is the owner and, uh, and chef. I want to make sure if we're going to give him a shout out, we're going to give him the proper shout out. Great. Anyhow, a little Denver talk. Absolutely freezing here. Did you get any of that wild weather in Denver? I think I saw the storms went right through where you were at, right? It did. It did. It hit. I'm in Dallas proper, but we had some tornadoes touch down about 30 minutes from here. It was pretty scary. The, the sky was really ominous, but we were very fortunate here at our home office not to have any real impact. Super glad to hear that. And it, it's weird. I feel like Dallas doesn't get credit for being a crazy weather city. You hear a lot of cities about it, but 
Denver or Dallas doesn't show up, but then I see on the news, like the whole city froze, a tornado, it's 4,000 degrees. Like you get everything. We do. And I will tell you, I don't know many people who at least once a year aren't hunkered down in their bathtub, you know, from a tornado warning at you. When it gets close enough, you can watch the news. And when it starts to get close enough to where you live, you take precautions. You get in that closet or whatever it is. But that's that's part of life here. Yeah, it's uh, you got to roll with the punches. And <laughs> I, I think wherever you live right now, it's all about rolling with the punches. This is true. All right. So we're going to get into our first official question here. I ask everybody because we're all about learning, all about HR. And step one of learning is listening. So what are you listening to right now? Music, podcasts, audiobooks? Tell me what you're listening to. You know, I, I listen to a lot of music. I walk every day, every day that I can when it's not freezing or raining. And I have a very diverse playlist of music from Led Zeppelin to Incubus to George Jones to Beethoven to Rob Zombie. I mean, I I like it all. Music is important to me. This is why I love doing the podcast because I haven't done an episode on it, but I talk a lot about it. A lot of people talk about is bias. And when I ask this question and somebody says Rob Zombie to me, I all of a sudden realize that I've approached this question with a little bit of bias sometimes. (laughs) So I'm going to ask you something. The the song Thunder Kiss 65 by Rob Zombie, it's what probably got the most airplay. Do you know what that's about? Uh, I do not, but I do know the song. I was I was more of a more human than human uh, uh, mm-hmm. Rob Zombie guy. But no, no, what, what's, that, what's Thunder Kiss all about? A 1965 Mustang. Really? Mm-hmm. That's, Listen to the lyrics. That is one of my favorite cars in the world, too, ironically. Those now, are just beautiful. Now you have a song to go with it. I love it. Do you have any? I'm a big Led Zeppelin fan. Do you have any uh, Led Zeppelin uh, song stories for me? Funny, funny you should ask. I also am a huge Led Zeppelin fan. Yes, I have quite a bit of Led Zeppelin on my uh, on my playlist. Have been a Led Zeppelin fan for many, many years. I'd, I'd say the Ocean probably is my favorite Led Zeppelin song currently. I, I just there's just something about that riff. That and the Wonton song, which also pretty pretty riffy. Like both of those. I also like the crunge. It's it's weird. I mean it's not one of those that I listen to a lot, but it's it's got just fascinating rhythm and beat. But you know, I whole lot of love, live and love and made. I mean just some of the old school Zeppelin songs gotta have it. I feel like my whole life Led Zeppelin was around. I feel like it's been starting to finally fall off a little bit. So I'm excited to be talking Led Zeppelin and I I don't think it should ever fall off. Me either. So let's talk a little bit about your experience. Tell me where you're working right now. Tell me what you're doing and, and how you got there. And then we can kind of start digging down into what the outcomes of what you're doing. So give you a backdrop. I I kind of stumbled into HR. I'm a fashion design major who can't sew a lick and uh, stumbled into the staffing industry in the late 80s and got my first taste of kind of helping and managing people. And I loved it. So my career has morphed over the past 30 something years, almost always in the, in the kind of in the consulting arena or consulting and technology. Um, but I found myself you know, as an entrepreneur at heart, being better suited for consulting maybe than the corporate gigs. I've worked for some of the big guys and I, I've learned a lot, but I'm probably better doing things for my own shop. So I created Alchemy HR with a couple of partners back in 2017. 
And we are a boutique shop here in Dallas. We help clients all over the nation, but we work really on a project and a fractional basis. We serve, uh, we serve folks in the small to medium-sized market space. And those folks we find really want and need our help. So we never a dull moment. We do all things HR. And so we, good plug. Thank no you. one day is ever the same. Yeah, that's, uh, you touched on a couple themes that I feel like I hear often. One, stumbling, stumbling into HR. It's one of those interesting fields where there are programs, but a lot of people don't say I want to be in HR and the world just leads you there. And I love that about the space. Uh, I, I think it's one of the great, great places that you can, HR is full of so many people, so many diverse backgrounds. Fashion to HR, I don't, I don't think there's a direct straight line there. <laughs> There you go. Thank goodness I couldn't sew. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe if you can't sew, there is a direct link. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if we have that data. It, it's uh, There's somebody, Tom Daniels, he works He works in education. I'm going to have him on the show. And he's bringing up a lot of a lot of the future leaders of today. But I want to talk to him more about that subject of what programs are out there and how are we building the future business leaders to maybe try to point them directly to HR so, they don't, so it's not as much accidental. And I know there's a flow there, but that's just something I don't know anything about. Most conversations are what you talked about, which I think is, uh, is noted really, really cool. Agreed. Chief Alchemist is your title. What is alchemy? Like, how does that connect to HR? Like what's, tell me about that. Gosh, 20 something years ago, I was reading a book and I came across the word alchemy and I didn't know what it meant. And so when I looked it up, I realized the definition of it was a power or a process that changes or transforms something in a mysterious or impressive way. And that really resonated with me, Yeah. Um, particularly from a professional standpoint. And so I always said the next time I, I have an HR consulting practice, I'm going to incorporate that into the name. So it was very intentional when I created Alchemy HR because I, I think alchemy to me indicates transformation. And that's exactly what I feel like we do for our clients. You know, we take something that's there or not there and we make it better. Yeah, that's fantastic. It's Alchemy is one of those words where everyone knows it. But then when you hear that definition, you go, Oh, I guess I kind of knew that, but that makes a lot more sense uh, the way you explain yeah. it. It gets, you know, I, I hear that word thrown around a whole lot more now. I think it's gotten more popular, but 20 years ago, I, I hadn't ever seen or heard alchemy. So anyway, I'm glad we were able to to incorporate it into the name. Well, I think that mysterious part aligns nicely with HR because I think a lot of people don't really know what HR does and when they do it, how they do it. Things just happen because of what HR does. But I think there's a lot of mystery behind uh, how to get it done, which I, I think provides the uh, the reason you have a business, right? I would completely agree. Lots of CEOs say, I, I know what, what, what I think HR does, but Kim, just go make it happen. And we love that. We have an open playing field to go create best practices and improve things. So what mysteries are you most debunking for clients when you're brought in? You've got... One of the things I know about executives and owners is they're smart people and they know what they know. And a lot of times they think because they're smart and they know what they know, they can do everything. But I think the really smart ones go, wait a minute, I don't know enough about this. Let's bring in a professional like Kimberly. So what is it you're helping with most often when, when you're brought in with some of, these, uh, some of these leaders that are doing a great job? But where do you provide that expertise? What's the mystery you're solving? Well, so I'm going to segue on something that you just said. 
and by saying oftentimes they just don't know what they don't know. And, you know, what we're doing in many cases, it's not very sexy, but it's compliance. And boy, you want to talk about some murky waters. The, the regulations and laws from an employment perspective, they change so often and so frequently. I mean, it's tough for even us HR veterans to, to keep up with things. So right. I would say in most cases, at least from the Alchemy HR perspective, we're helping clients just to make sure that they're doing the right thing. You know, compliance is a big deal. You can find yourself in some pretty hot water if you're not doing things the right way. So we we come at it, Tom, a bit differently. We're, we're not there to scare people. We're there to teach people the best practices, what they should be doing to stay out of hot water and mm-hmm. to follow these best practices, to teach them how to do it. And then to talk to them about consequences that they may face if they don't do it. You know, I I believe you meet companies and people where they are. And that's not to scare them to death. It's to advocate for the right thing to do. And then you got to let people run their business. Once they know what that is and once they know what the consequence is, then they determine whether or not they want to do that and they run their business. Unless the business is running really poorly, compliance shouldn't be running the business. So it should be able to be done and not affect the business outcomes, right? Agreed. Agreed. When I took over, I took over a company that had no HR and that was the first place I had to go. And guess what is really sexy for business? Not having lawsuits. So I think, (laughs) (laughs) I think, uh, you know, uh, the company I took over, we we had some and it was purely because we didn't have baseline things and getting a base of compliance was not that hard, but I feel like that's something so many small to medium businesses don't focus on and it really hurts them. It's really an, a, a blind spot. Agreed. I mean, one of the one of the things that I think we really are particularly good at is helping to establish foundations and framework. Right. Um, you know, these small businesses, they 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 are unique in that they have to go about things. They don't have the infrastructure. And so to help them build that, to look at a 12 or a 24 or 36 month growth plan to make sure that you're establishing the right infrastructure and framework so that they have managed and healthy growth. That's the good stuff. And that's really a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun doing that because you get to be creative. No one company is the same. So it's almost like building houses. You get to be the architect of this and every every client has their own methodology and and ideas and and so we we get to be artists and going in there and creating some of that architecture yeah i I love that you don't just think of it as like a base like a block people call all things cornerstones but you're talking about it in a way that's a little bit more artistic it's a little more holistic for the clients that uh, that you're working with which I, i haven't heard that perspective i think that's really cool yeah we enjoy it that's the fun part of the job here you've heard it here folks Kimberly just said compliance and creating a base is the fun part of the job. I've never heard that. And I actually don't disagree. So that's fantastic. We're going to take a super quick pause. We're going to jump in and do this week's HR hot sauce. And then we're going to jump right back in. There's something else you said I want to start digging deeper on. We'll be right back. All right. It is time for the HR hot sauce with Kimberly. Kimberly, are you ready? I'm ready. What is the best job you ever had? Best job. I can tell you the most interesting job was selling pretzels at the Renaissance Festival. Oh, I can imagine. That's a, gr- that's a great start. What's the one phrase at work that drives you nuts? 
Oh, gosh, probably people throwing around the word hostile work environment. That's a new one this year, and I, I love it. That's a great one. Do you like working on rainy or sunny days? Rainy. How can somebody make your day at work? They can learn something new. Best useless skill? I can make the sound of the Jetsons car. Remember the show, The Jetsons? Oh, yeah. They had that little vehicle. I can make that sound. Mild, medium, hot, or nuclear? Oh, man. I love nuclear, but it doesn't love me, so I'm a little more mild these days. Wow. We have back-to-back nuclears on the hot sauce. I love it. Mm-hmm. Favorite interview question to ask or be asked? So I, I ask every single person to define themselves using five adjectives, <clears throat> and it stumps even the most seasoned interviewers. I don't know why, but it's in it, but it tells me a lot about folks. My, probably my favorite question ever. Song to bring you out of a funk. Oh, that's that's a tough one. Song to bring me out of a funk. Maybe something really good by Led Zeppelin. Kimberly, you are off the HR hot sauce hot seat. And we're back. That was a great hot sauce. Loved hearing nuclear come up two weeks in a row. That was fun. <laughs> so we were talking about, Kimberly was talking about how you can bring art and make compliance and building that base fun. And I think when you're working with other organizations, when you're outside coming in, making it not laborious is wildly important. But you also said something that I want to start digging deeper in, but you talked about meeting people where they're at. And at People Element, we talk about that. And I think that's a huge piece, no matter what your job is or what you're doing. In this day and age, that's essential. Tell me a little bit about how you do that how you connect with people uh, at Alchemy HR. So we we have a basic philosophy. People are going to be people, right? So we come at it from the perspective of establishing some guideposts, okay? And we, we make those wide so that people can be who they are. They can ping against those guideposts any way they need to, very broadly, They know they can't go outside of the guidepost because that's when trouble happens. But, you know, staying within those, we try to say, make those guideposts broad so that you can get the best out of people and let them be who they are. That's usually why you hire them, right, for who they are and what they can do. So let them shine. Let them be unique in their own right uh, and let them be the the version of their best selves. Yeah, that's that's huge. And that's the wider your posts are, the more talent you can get in there. So how do you, I mean, what are some of the best practices? Like, how do you get wide? What are some of the things an organization can do to get wide so with people? I think it starts with your kind of the attraction and recruiting piece. We are, we do a lot of recruiting, particularly for HR roles. And we, we come about that a little bit differently as well. I mean, I know historically, you hire for current skill set, right? You look at the resume, has Kimberly done this, 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 and this? I believe and have believed for many years that you hire based on capability and potential. Um, people gave me a chance with almost no HR experience, and I excelled because I, I was a sponge. I wanted to learn. I listened to anybody who knew more about anything than I did. And, you know, you kind of take that in. So I think, you know, meeting people where they are starts with, getting the right people and getting people who are smart and eager and resourceful. And, you know, maybe they do have some of the, the essential skill sets, but, but bringing in people who fit the mold of 
what you want them to become. So I think it starts there. I had just posted something on LinkedIn and it was a, a quote about Michael Jordan saying, you know, what makes me great is not that I can dunk from the free throw line. It's not that I can hit three pointers and guard the best people. It's that I'm coachable, that mm -hmm. I listen, and that I'm constantly trying to add tools, no matter how good I am at any point in time. That's what makes me great. And that immediately made me think of, that's how you should hire. Mm -hmm. That's how hiring should work. And I, I think that's what you just described. You're exactly right. Think of all the people who wouldn't be CEOs today had someone not taken a chance on them and just seen that they had the grit and the enthusiasm and the potential and capability to do the job. Think about all the people who may not be where they are if someone hadn't taken that chance based on something other than just current skill set. Yeah. I mean, unless you're hiring engineers where you have to know how to build complex right. uh, uh, structures, most jobs you can teach people. But what you can't teach people is how to be themselves at work, how to be coachable, how to bring energy, how to work well with all the people around them that they're going to need to work well with to get their job done. Curious. I love that. I hire for curiosity. That One of my favorite terms is always remain curious. Curious George, ask the questions. Don't be bashful. And so people who do that, that, that tells me that they're constant learners and those people tend to excel. Yeah. That's a, that is great advice. And and that's what I love about HR. And that's what I love about where we're at is you're not reinventing the wheel. You're not talking about the most super complex. It's about changing a couple degrees, right? It sounds like that's what you're talking about. It's, you're not trying to get these organizations to change everything, but if you change a couple degrees in a direction and focus on it, you get a year or two down, that one degree is now a, a 45 degree angle. And Absolutely. that's what I love about this. Yeah. You know, we, we have clients. Uh, here, here's what I know. The old school way of HR, it, it no longer works. It just doesn't. It hasn't worked for quite some time. And so you have to take a little bit more modern approach. You know, we have a, a client in the professional services space, great client here in Dallas, and they deal a lot with very high net worth clients. And so they're their office environment is very, it's more upscale and it's a little more conservative. And with the job market being what it is with the, with the, you know, the abundance of candidates that they had five years ago, not being available, they had to consider hiring people that looked a little more different than folks they had hired before, or, you know, came in with a little bit uh, different demeanor. Um, and we had to coach them through that to say, look, what, what you may have done five or 10 years ago, it doesn't necessarily work to the same because we've got a different demographic in our workforce. Uh, you know, there's just lots of changes. And so we coached them through hiring someone to be at their front desk that five years ago they would not have hired. And that person today has has promoted multiple times throughout the organization already within a two year period. And, you know, th the fact that she was a little edgier and her appearance was concerning to them, but she was a hot shot. She was really good, super smart, very ambitious, and has ended up being one of their rock stars. So, you know, being able to take that culture that was a little more stodgy and say, look, we're going to have to help you um, develop that some to grow and, and right. see things a little bit differently work very much to their benefit. 
I love that story. And my frequent listeners will know I came from 15 years of hospitality and that was a huge change. If you had tattoos, if your hair wasn't short and perfectly combed, if you had a nose ring, mm -hmm. you never got a job, but now they've opened that, mm -hmm. that up and the amount of talent that they need. That was always the thing. There's not enough people for these jobs. They widen the goals posts, as you said, and now there's a lot more talent and in this job market, you have to be able to do that if you get the right people. I'm not saying if you have purple hair, let's hire you, but That's right. if you've got the skills and curiosity and purple hair, come on, let's talk. Let's talk. And so I'm, I'm really pleased. We're seeing people really start to kind of open up to that, even folks who wouldn't have done that four and five years ago. So that pleases us. It makes filling jobs a lot easier. And frankly, it provides some of the diversity within workforces that I think is important. Yeah, a diversity. One of the things that hasn't changed that I really think is really important now is if you go back to that book, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, it's classic. Almost everybody's read it. It's a short read. If you haven't, go pick it up. You'll be done by the end of the weekend. But that's an old school methodology that I think really even carries over today as the workforce is getting more diverse. How do you get these diverse workforces to work together, to come together, to learn to argue? to learn to bring all these differing opinions and voices and angles of perspective together. And when you have diversity and you can all come together and learn how to fight through things, you get way better outcomes. That's the secret sauce. That was a pause on purpose. Like, yes, that is the secret sauce. Usually I edit out any long stretches of quiet, but we're going to leave that one in. We are coming to the end of the year. You're our last... Uh, last guest closing out, which has been a pretty fun, phenomenal year of all about HR. Our first full year, in fact. We're heading into another evolution. We're now coming up on three-year anniversary in Q1 of the pandemic starting. And we've been through everything over the last three years. So I'm going to ask you that, that question. What do you see the evolution being over the next year with HR and, and with what you're going to be talking about at Alchemy HR? So I'm going to go back to the fact that old school HR, it just doesn't work. The rules and the regulation and seeing HR as an administrator versus an advocate. Um, I'm really optimistic that we're starting to make great strides there. You know, we're being seen more as uh part of the solution and part of the team versus a gatekeeper, that pleases me because I think oftentimes HR people get a bad rap. So um, I say, I'm going to say, let's modernize HR. Let's, let's be better about meeting people where they are. Now that, that doesn't necessarily mean you don't hold people accountable and you don't have to establish some ground rules, but I, I, I think let's, let's try to be better communicators Let's meet people where they are and let's let's make it a new day for HR and, and let us be part of the solution and creating great company cultures. I can't disagree with with, with any of that, Kimberly. It's been uh, it's been a pleasure. This has actually been a really, really fun, easy conversation. Uh, a lot of the people that we have on, I kind of know from Twitter, but have never met. But we, we just met through uh, William Collins. William, thank you for uh, introducing Kimberly and I. This is this is fun. This is easy. Uh, I really enjoyed having you on the show. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. And um, go Dallas Cowboys. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you hit me with that on that. I, I am wearing a New York Giants hat, knowing you're yes, you are. uh, you're a Cowboys fan. So I uh, I deserve that. 
let's uh let's come together to root against the commanders this will the game will be decided by the time this is published so i'm hoping Mm -hmm. there's some good juju for uh, the new york giants play in the playoffs but we'll see appreciate the conversation we will see yeah thank you tom we have a special we're going to end the year with the hr feed with laura i'm going to welcome laura to the show kimberly we'll see you around the block thanks for having me i am extremely excited to be bringing back my producer, friend, colleague, Laura Hunley, to do the HR feed with us once again. Laura, good to have you back at the mic. Good to be here. I am always a little bit nervous because I don't know what you come up with to ask me about. And it kind of puts me uh, puts me on the stage a little bit. So uh, did you find some good stuff to talk about? Yes. Oh, and that is part of the fun. So uh, for you, I don't know uh, how everybody does holiday-ish movies, but I kind of like to watch one a day, somewhere in there, like maybe maybe it kind of turns into three a week, so one every other day. So last night, I watched a movie called Office Christmas Party. I'm not sure if, uh, have you have you heard of Office Christmas Party or have you seen it? I know it? of it. I have not seen it. It's uh, super fun, and there there is a funny running bit in there about HR uh, being really concerned about all the things or all the potential horrible, scandalous things that could happen good reason. at an office Christmas party. <laughs> so uh, that's a little bit the inspiration for uh, one of the pieces today. Awesome. Um, yeah, so, um, so this is from Sherm. Uh, in, in December... Uh, Three out of four companies will host holiday parties for workers, according to the Chicago-based global outplacement firm Challenger Gray and Christmas. And uh, while alcohol dancing and late hours can make such parties risky, there are simple ways to let employees have fun while reducing liability. So I guess my first question for you in this topic, Tom, is are you in support of the three of the four companies? Are you the one in four that says no holiday? I am. In December. I think organizations should do holiday something. I don't know if it's a holiday party, but I think the spirit of the holidays is about people coming together. It's about saying thank you and people appreciating each other. And I think it is a time that organizations can humanize themselves and absolutely bring their teams together. People Element brought us all together in Boulder last week. And I was like, how is this going to go? But it was fantastic. It wasn't a party. There are people in our organization that don't drink, some for personal reasons, some because they can't. And I think the word party is where I have an issue that I don't think alcohol should have to be part of it. And if you're throwing a party, that tends to be the expectation of probably three out of four employees, but you're excluding that 25%. So I'm all for holiday gathering, holiday event, 100%. There's just too much good vibe in the air for organizations to not take advantage of. But I think organizations, I'm not saying don't have alcohol. We went out. I've got a great video of you singing Sweet Caroline. I just found on my phone (laughs) and a group of us had drinks and another group didn't. But we also went out and did this awesome, uh, what was that place called? Do you remember where we went, where we painted and glazed art pieces? Oh, Color Me Mine. Color Me Mine. Absolutely alcohol-free, absolutely super fun and inclusive of everybody. So like, I want to congratulate our company for having such a great event that allowed everyone, whether you're drinking or not, to come together. And I think that's honestly the way it should be. 
Oh, yeah, I've heard several folks that I've uh, just uh, received feedback from. Uh, that was their favorite thing. They they really, really enjoyed it. And honestly, as a manager, I've definitely fired some good employees after office parties. I've had to do it. So that actually is a good segue into my next question about same topic, same article. Their ex- HR experts and experts have weighed in on uh, best practices and some keys to hosting uh, successful problem-free par- parties. Curious to hear, I'm not going to tell you what they say, so I'm curious to hear just gut reaction. What do you feel are some keys to hosting successful problem-free parties? Number one, we've already started talking about it, have diverse things for people to do. Number two, no open bars. Have a drink ticket, Uh have some sort of limiting piece. Number three, end them early. So if people want to continue and go later and do things that aren't necessarily is HR approved, the party ends, we can go off together as friends, as whoever, uh, and do something. If you have the party, it's like our party goes till midnight. You're probably asking for some trouble. Start early, have a great event, do some diverse stuff and end it and let people go do whatever they want to do. It's not under the guise of where you're at. Three, four, three, four, whatever. Final point. If you do have alcohol, build into your budget to pay for Ubers, to get people home and take that completely off the table. Done. Yeah. What do you... What do you Nailed think? Do I miss anything? Um, what are your opinions? So, um, well, so there are a couple others that the article says. Uh, one would be create a respect memo. So remind employees in writing of the company's policies on harassment as well as dress code. And then send for the spouses. Many companies invite spouses for common sense reasons as they can act as, quote unquote, the better half that tempers the worst instincts and inclinations of their mates. True for Jay. And then lose the mistletoe and forget about, quote, party games that involve revealing personal secrets or require body contortions or physical contact of any sort of disrobing. In fact, party games in general... It was all sorts of unknown risks. I, I mean, I have some thoughts of like what that might, like what party games they might be talking about. What do you, what do you think the Im- implication there is? What party games should we avoid? I was trying to think about that. Like, I don't know any party. Like, games. who does who does Twister at a holiday party? I'm just curious because that, that's what I'm thinking of. Like, is Twister a holiday party game? Is that something I've missed over? Yeah, the years? I mean, I don't know games they can get out of hand karaoke can get out of hand i mean i think that's a good list the only thing and I, i'm curious your opinion is they mentioned dress code i kind of think this is an opportunity to let people be them themselves and are we worried people are going to show up in like pasties to a holiday party i mean i guess so but if they did they're still covered i don't know i think i think if you have a dress code it shouldn't be the work dress code so dress code's always tricky and i th- I I can't remember which guest said something along these lines that it wasn't specific to the dress code, but it was about you can't out policy and you can't out create rules around poor judgment. There can be like somebody saying technically within the bounds of a dress code, but still not in the spirit of it, I think. And that's where you start getting rules like you can't show more than three toes in an open toe shoe kind of policy, right? It's not, it's, 
it's silly, right? At that point, it's it's uh, it's at a level of absurdity. So, so I personally like where we when our organization switched to be respectful. So, I mean, I think that that's that's true for any event. You know, be respectful to the event. Be respectful to your who is in attendance. I like that. I mean, people define respect differently, but I also think when you approach it that way. No matter what your definition of respect is, you get it. You know what they're doing. And the company's doing something for yeah. you. And that alone, regardless of your definition, does require some respect. So I love that. This is the um, employee office party employee checklist, meaning um, someone in the organization or these are reminders to tell people what not to do. I'm curious, not you not knowing the list, what <laughs> what do you think employers might tell uh, an employee attending a, a holiday office party not to do? What not to do? I mean, the classic, no Xerox machining body parts. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I feel like that's in every movie I saw growing up at like some sort of holiday party. It was like someone photocopying their butt. Don't. <laughs> oh yeah. Don't go back to the offices. That was always the other thing in the classic. Like you go back into the boss's office and somebody's back there. Like uh, stay in the yeah stay in the public space. I think or stay in the public event space while the event's going on. No, no, no. This is this is what not to do. This isn't trying to encourage people to be on positive best behavior. This is somebody literally telling you, oh, yeah, just as a reminder at this holiday party, don't do yeah, this. Don't go back into the offices. Don't photocopy your butt. Don't drink too much. Don't make out with your office crush. Okay, yeah. Don't talk business after two drinks or at all. Uh-huh. Okay. I don't know. I, I'm going to cap out. I want to hear this list. Okay. All right. So um, I don't know if they're ranked in, in any order, but we'll just pretend that they're in like a top 10 order. So number 10, don't drive home if you've been drinking. So that's a good reminder for sure. Don't tell someone how hot they look. Yeah, that's probably, probably number nine. Uh, number eight, don't engage in harassing behavior. Number seven, don't ask a coworker out on a date. Number six, don't aggressively pursue people in power for a conversation. <laughs> so I think that kind of you, you, you kind of got that one. <laughs> yeah, no, but you kind of got that one. And don't talk business. All right, number five, don't interrupt others who are talking to the boss or CEO so they can introduce themselves. Don't hug people you normally don't hug. Don't kiss anyone on the lips. Apparently, oh, um, it's gotta, okay maybe to kiss somebody on the cheek. You got to spell that sure. one out. Um, huh? Right. Uh, don't drink. Yeah. Don't drink too much. You got that one. And then number one, don't dance provocatively. Oof, I mean, that's that's a tough one. Uh, I just had somebody tell me after Jay's show that why are your dance moves always look like a male stripper? And I was like so taken back. I was like, what? I don't think that's my, I mean, you saw me dance at karaoke. Do I have male stripper dance moves? Hey, you know, I don't know if I have ever seen a male stripper. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know what that is, but I'm in full denial that that's what it is. Yeah, other than um, other than the movies, and I'm not sure, you know how movies, like a lot of times it's exaggerated for dramatic or, you know, you know. So I don't know that I've ever actually seen a male stripper in person. I can't think of a time that I have, again, other than movies. Or, you know, pop culture references. Well, I'm not posting any videos. So, sorry, listeners, you're not going to be able to compare me to Thunder Down Under or whatever your right. uh, or, review um, show. What's the other one? Chip, Chip and Nails. Nails. Yeah. yeah. Greatest scene on SNL, 
Chris Farley doing Chippendales with Patrick Swayze. Oh yeah. It's gotta so be a good. podium. So good. <laughs> Laura, that, that was really fun. We need to have you on more often. Okay. Thank you. We will share that article in the show notes, but uh, what, a, what a great way to end the year with Laura. We started the podcast with Laura. We're going to end the year with Laura. Thank you for putting that together. That was, uh, that was really fun. That's something people need to talk about, how to act proper. Everybody, thank you for listening to us all year. We hit a thousand downloads this year. We got 24 episodes in the bank. We're in danger of becoming a real show here and we're having a great time doing it. And we're learning all about HR. Everybody, thank you for all your support this year. It's been a really, really awesome year. And we'll see you back in 2023 with a very special guest. I'm not going to tell you who, but follow us on social and we'll talk about it soon. Farewell, be safe and happy new year. Understand, engage, inspire, and retain your people like never before. People Elements Employee Experience and Engagement Solution delivers powerful intelligence, giving you the confidence to act. To learn how you can gain a better understanding of your employees, please visit us at peopleelement.com.